You are listening to a Geek Fallout production in association with Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network. You're listening to Technorama, the Geek Fallout technology news and discussion podcast where we talk about everything from mobile devices and PCs to video games and everything in between. And welcome to episode 15 of Technobabble. It's been a uh, hectic whole... 15, 15, Yep. Yep. Uh, Caesar was warned to beware the Ides of March, so beware the Ides of Technobabble. Ides means 15th, right? Or does it mean middle? Anyway, what do you know what Ides are? Uh, nope. Huh? Well... Nope. Nope. Well, this isn't, this isn't uh, Shakespeare babble, so we'll just leave that mystery. So... This is the show where we talk about uh, technology, uh, breakthroughs, developments, devices, applications, and the ramifications that they have, the good, the bad, and the silly. And the uh, science. Definitely. Gotta love the science. I'm your host, Mike King. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, producer, and buddy, Richard Reeder. Hey, hey. And, Rich, how was your holidays? Your... My holidays away from podcasting? Yes. Ish. Well, I did do I did do that one episode. Uh, we did episode of fifty of uh, the comic book episodes, so uh, we did that. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I've taken a little break from the podcasting. I guess a little podcation, and uh, you know, hoping to to be back now. And uh, yeah, it was fun. I guess not as fun as being here, but you know, nice to relax. Oh yeah, I had work and family stuff and holidays and. Yeah, Easter, yeah. chocolate, oh, what a pain. Chocolate comas. Oh. Yeah, oh, man, good Lord, I hear that. I got two kids, I get half their candy. Yeah, plus going through going through a few upgrades in my life, got new glasses, got a new wallet, then I got a, and, new, wallet, then I got a wait, new wallet. Wait for it, okay, maybe we should just start right here. And um, so Mike and I actually got together a little while ago. And uh, I had a, a drink uh, the other, uh, what well, was a week ago, and you had something new that you wanted to talk about on our next episode. Would you like to talk about that now? That you've had some time with this new thing? <laughs> uh, I'm not exactly sure which new thing you're talking about, but um, can I get a hint? If you're trying to steer me towards the a most expensive segment? new thing you have. Oh, my phone? Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> Well, the only new thing worth talking about. I don't care about your stupid man wallet. <laughs> I also got glasses. Nobody cares about that. I got some, I got some compliments about them. <laughs> I was told they made me look you know, more distinguished and more my age. <laughs> but you know, I guess it's not important to some people. Anyway, I got the... Uh, I got the... Um, now I'm all crestfallen. I got the Galaxy S7 Edge. A very sexy new phone from Samsung. It's a tall, black, sleek. Tall, dark, and handsome. Tall, black, sleek curves. If only I could get something like that in my life. <laughs> so, it's a very lovely phone. Feels good. I got a, uh, a case for it. It's got a nice rubber matted back on it for a good grip. Yeah, we don't uh, care about the case. Talk about the phone. How do you like it so far? How speedy is it? How oh, how's the edge to edge thing? How's the the feel of the phone? Because when I noticed when I was uh, playing around with it, I noticed that the phone actually felt a lot thinner than it looks. 
Like it feels like it's a lot taller than it is wide. You know what I mean? Well, I uh, if you've heard me talk about my phone on the show before, I had a Samsung Galaxy S3. Uh, I thought it's a good phone. It holds up, and and then I heard that there was a new Android operating system. So I just like okay. So I checked it, got it on my phone. And I'm like, all right, now I'm all the way up to Android 4.3. Now I'm rocking the latest Android operating system. This is cool. And then I hear about Marshmallow, and I'm like, oh, that must be what I've got. What's its number? Six, and I have 4.3. Yeah, oh. you were only like six updates behind. <laughs> so. Uh, I had trouble, like some of the apps were glitching out, it uh, took a while to start up, and and I was just, well, I guess I need a new phone, so uh, some people were saying, oh, you should just get like an S6 or... Uh, By some people, you mean me. Yeah. And then I thought, <laughs> well, if I'm going to get a new phone, I might as well get a new phone, but I didn't want to get something just for the sake of being new, because I don't have the luxury of being one of those early testers. So... I did some research on the uh, phones to find out, is there that much of a difference between the S6 and the S7? If you're spending a couple hundred bucks, turns out, if you're going to be spending a couple hundred bucks, spend a couple extra more and get this one. It's got a uh, much better battery, longer life. It's got an always-on screen display. Which and... is really cool. I actually did like that. Although, did you know that that's actually a lie? It's not always on. It's only always on when there's light. The when there's light or if the proximity sensor isn't um yep. doesn't have something blocking it because as soon as it goes in your pocket it, it turns off. off which is actually really smart yep. and i didn't I notice actually, that i don't think that they put that in the press release when they announced it at mobile world congress no but when i tried to slide the phone out of my pocket i didn't see a, the screen on only when i took it on did i see a green light flicker and i realized oh like it's got a light sensor in it yeah which makes sense because why burn juice in your pocket only exactly. when only when it's facing outside then it's just like, oh, by the way, you might want to see what time it is, what the day is, how much percentage is on your phone, and maybe if you got a new message, because how many people end up turning their phones on and off just to see if they got a message? This one lets you know, by the way, you got a message. So it's a pretty amazing thing. And my other phone, the Samsung S3, I ended up buying a uh, charging case for it because it kept running down like halfway through the day. And this was like in standby mode. Like with mm -hmm. the occasional, with the, receiving the occasional text messages that I'm not replying to or some notifications. And by the time I get home, it's like at 30%. Or if I'm pulling a double shift at work, then it's at like 20% before I even get to the bus. So with this, I've had, I have had never had any indication of, unless I'm heavily using my phone, and even then I can do it for several hours before it even runs down to like 50%. So the phone on this thing is just an absolute lovely amazing piece of work the battery actually lasts and i don't have need for a charging case although i did buy an anchor e7 charging power bank and uh, if i run something heavy on this thing like an application it's constantly running videos then the battery will wear down over four hours but you charge it into the power bank and it just stays stays strong and I love the power bank because it's faster than most wall chargers themselves. Because, uh, like, unless you buy a specific wall charger that says, like, it does two amps or more, uh, a lot of the average wall amps are, like, one amp to 1.5 amps. And that's, it doesn't matter what voltage your phone is. The amps is how much juice is going into your phone right now. And the Anchor E7 has uh, up to 2.5 amps 
with uh, smart design so it doesn't surge any devices it just finds out what's the most it can uh, give your phone so with the fast charging on this phone and the high amperage on the Anchor E7 charging this thing that's amazing like I put a wall charger on my phone it said uh, battery will be test full in one hour and 30 minutes so I thought what the hell I hooked it up to the Anchor E7 and it says battery will be charged in 40 minutes oh wow so when I say faster than a wall charger I mean hella faster than faster a wall charger. Faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> so, any other thoughts uh, about my S7? Because I've shared mine. Um, what do you think about the actual edge? Like the, the edge of the screen, how does it feel? Uh, what, how does it feel? What does it uh, do for you? You know, like how do, have you taken advantage of any of the apps yet? Is any of it actually useful or is it more of a gimmick? I didn't actually get it for the edge screen so much. I got it because the battery was longer lasting and had a slightly better processor in it to handle the edge. But I, uh, I'm starting to use the edge a bit, especially when it comes to uh, news articles. Like it's a great, it's a great way to browse the news with a little flipboard that shows up beside it. Instead of having to open up an app, I just swipe my thumb and boom, I can read. And then I can just swipe it again to get out it's uh i'm going to be using it a lot more in the future if it's the it's only become a hindrance if i'm lying on my back and i have to hold my phone in both my hands the uh mm. my palm the palm right under the thumb will hit the edge mm -hmm. and it will uh at type in some buttons that i didn't want to mm -hmm. but aside mm. from that everything's uh, really hunky dory uh no regrets it's pretty good Nice. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very happy for you that you have a better phone for me. So fuck <laughs> you. Although I did just get my update to Android 6.0 Marshmallow, so I am very excited about that, and it looks exactly the same. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> like phone did, what phone did you update it on? Uh, I have an LG G3. Oh, okay. So that my phone came out in 2014. July, June, I think, or May of 2014 is when this phone came out, and it was their top of the line at the time, you know. It, I think it came out the same year as the S4, the S5, one or the other. I guess it'd be the 5. But, um, yeah, I just updated it earlier, and that is one of the reasons why we are doing this a little bit later than usual. But, um, yeah, I'm super stoked about the uh, new Android version. Yeah, and it is exactly Android 6.0. Kernel version 3.40. Oh, yeah, and if you tap on the little... Have you done that yet? Have you gotten the little tapping? It's oh, always a fun thing it, to do when you go... So it's, you can it's, go. It's been, a slow, it's been a slow month. I haven't been tapping anything. <laughs> no, but if you go into the about but if there's phone any, in but if settings... if there's any female Technobabble fans out there and you're in Ottawa, give me a call on my if, sexy phone. If you go into your uh, your Android settings and you go to where it says what Android version you have, if you tap on that a bunch of times... You get like a little animation, fun animation that you can like play around with sometimes. <laughs> does, it you, does it tell you to fuck off and stop tapping so much? No. Well, they used to be kind of like mini games that you could like flick things around. This one just seems to be like an icon that pops up and changes colors maybe or something. It seems actually pretty dumb in a way. It's not nearly as fun. But mm -hmm. anyway, uh, I'm excited about Android Marshmallow as well, and I have yet to see exactly what it can do for my phone, but it says that it's going to give me better battery life, so we shall see. Well, that's what that's uh, my 
little offering. What do you have to bring to the table? Uh, I have... You better have something, man. <laughs> All right, well, this just in, and I mean that quite literally, this uh, was an article that was posted mere hours ago, um, and it actually really blew my mind. Um, the name of the article was The Pentagon Wants Autonomous Fighters uh, Fighter Jets to Join the F-35 in Combat. So basically what the Pentagon is trying to do now is they are trying to turn old F-16 fighter jets, which were, you know, the best of the best in the uh, 80s, I believe, um, and still make up a very large portion of the American um, Air Force. Uh, they want to turn them into autonomous pilotless planes that will fly along the newer aircraft like the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter. Um, now, when you, when you think about this, like when I thought about it before reading the article, because I kind of glanced at it and saved it for later, and then I read it a few minutes ago, um, I was like, oh my God, they're going to turn these F-16s into drones. You know, that's what you think about, right? You think like of, of, of a guy on the ground somewhere helping to pilot this thing, you know, miles and miles away, you know, possibly hundreds or thousands of miles away, piloting this plane into a war zone. No, that's not what they're trying to do here. They're actually going one step further and they want any, uh, a fully autonomous pilotless plane, no pilot, no human to have pretty much anything to do with it. Other than the fact that, um, well, there's gotta be, at least they gotta have a human to authorize the fire commands. Yes. So that's what I was going to say is basically what they would have is they would have say, hypothetically speaking, from what I understand from the article article is they want to have say one F 35 flying in the air. And then a couple of these autonomous F 16s flying with it as it's wingmen. Oh, like now, scouts. They, whatever they're flying with it. They're going to battle with it, right? Whatever. Right. Okay. But basically they take cues from the piloted aircraft being, you know, he would be able to say, you know, attack those planes or oh, so attack could, that base so or whatever. Paint a target with a laser or just or say weapons, whatever, but or then, weapons free. But then the planes themselves wouldn't handle everything else. They would be able to fully drive themselves if something gets in the way or if something changes, they can handle themselves completely. They just need to like need the orders from the human. But everything else they can do by themselves. They just need to hear the orders. So this is basically going to be like a full-on robot freaking army. So it's like a just like tell a it what to do. So it's like a robo general that gives formation it's plans like, and it's a, it's basically fucking Terminator. Yeah, they're we're like two oh nine Terminator with freaking wings, dude. Like we're we're yes. dead, so and they're putting Trump in charge of it. What the fuck, <laughs> U.S.? Come on, you can't put Trump in charge of fucking Terminator. And now, and now you can blow up all the you can blow up all the families to uh, destroy ISIS because you know that's where that's where bad people come from. Their their families. Yeah. But it it like it just it, it blew my mind, and and <clears> on top of that, uh, uh, I believe it was a a senator whose name I forget, and. I guess it doesn't matter. I found this uh, article on Fortune, um, but he's saying that the Pentagon is looking at having at least a few of these up in the air testing, if not in active duty or on active duty, however you say that, um, before autonomous cars are a mainstay on the road, which would mean basically they're looking for an early 2020, 20, 21, 22 
You know what I mean? Like in the next five to six years, they want to have these things flying around in the sky over our heads, autonomously killing terrorists. So after President Trump gets voted out, he gets one term where everyone wakes up from their hate from their haterade hangover. Oh yeah, and, maybe, and then maybe and then they put in a, to use them. And oh, then they put in a good is. one. So you know, just in time for him to get his dick hard, but he doesn't get to, you know, actually use them. Get, get in. So we're gonna give him a case of blue balls, and mm-hmm. that that work that works for me. Tech balls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that that's really cool. Like I love the idea of this because, you know, obviously, like as humans, there's probably never gonna be 100% peace. We're always going to be fighting over something because that's just our nature, it seems, unfortunately, at this point. But if you can take the majority of human lives out of a battle, you know, because now most battles, at least for us, I mean, obviously, there's still tons of war going on in in other parts of the world. But I mean, when Canada or the U.S. or whatever gets into a war, it's not here in Canada and the U.S. So if you can take more soldiers out of those militarized vehicles for the fighting in which you are doing, then at least, you know, we're saving some of our boys. So now if we can just, I don't know, I guess make the targeting better so we don't hit as many civilians or something. I don't know. But it's a step in the right direction, I guess. We have to put something like a soul spectrometer on it so that it will only blow up bad people instead of good people. (laughs) Soul spectrometer. Like the, uh, the, the, um, oh, fuck. The automatic doors at the Quickie Mart. When Bart <laughs> sold his soul to, to Millhouse, and the doors wouldn't open for him because he doesn't have a soul anymore. <laughs> There's a callback for you. Oh, yeah. All right. So what do you got, buddy? Well, uh, since we were speaking about curing blue balls, I found this amazing article. And uh, funny enough, I don't know. Well, I get. I guess getting off is good news because I found it on the Good News <laughs> Network. And... A stronger, thinner, cheaper rubber for, well, rubbers have been developed from grass. Now, yeah, if you're thinking about, like, taking grass and wrapping it around your dong, well, good thing you're not in charge of anyone's health. (laughs) So, researchers in Australia have said they've developed a better, thinner, stronger condom to help you screw harder, better, faster, and stronger anyway it's a from a spiky australian prairie grass so it's not just green grass from your lawn this is spiky australian grass that you're wrapping around your member now spiky grass doesn't sound like a great idea condom wise but uh, no this is not for snm people this is the university of queensland research team assuring us that the relevant materials actually make condoms more comfortable in fact, new condoms will be potentially thinner than a human hair without any loss in strength and durability. Now, this new technique involves extracting a certain kind of nanocellulose from spinifex grass, common in Australia, and using it as an additive in latex. Tests have revealed that the cellulose material works on the microscopic level to significantly strengthen latex formulations used in condoms and gloves. So. The great thing about nanocellulose is that it's a flexible nano additive, so you can use it to make a stronger and thinner membrane that is supple and flexible, which is the holy grail for natural rubber. Now, the Queensland team has tested a new formulation at a condom manufacturing facility in the U.S. using a burst test in which condoms are inflated until they pop, 
the new latex recipe averaged a performance increase of 20% in pressure and 40% in volume compared to current commercial latex formulations. Now, those are good numbers, and since the new material requires less latex per unit, the initiative could potentially result in condoms that are not only stronger and thinner, but significantly less expensive. Now, the breakthrough could also provide thinner surgical gloves for doctors and medical workers. Now, an interesting note, Spinifex has been, uh, the resin has been used by Aboriginal Australians as a natural adhesive for tools and weapons. The university signed an agreement with the local Aboriginal community to ensure that it will be involved in the commercialization of this new technology. So rather than just saying, hey, people, we're using your stuff for technology, so screw you, they're actually letting them, they're letting them uh, in on it. Hmm. And you said it uses cellulose? nanocellulose nanocellulose that's really cool i knew a guy uh in high school who had cellulose tobacco rolling papers for his tobacco that was cool <laughs> so this is cooler yeah but because well, it's nano go ahead and, and smoke everybody with an apple product knows that nano means cool go ahead and smoke these condoms let me know how it works out for you <laughs> so basically the 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 main advantage of condoms. <laughs> hey man, you got any grass? Well, yeah, but it's all wrapped up. Hold on a second. <laughs> there, man. Are you okay? What the fuck are you handing me this for? Well, he asked if I had any grass. I mean, look what it says right on the label. It's like freaking That's terrible. Uh, but ba so basically, <laughs> these are free. These are free range condoms. <laughs> it's for strengthening it, right? It's not to make them biodegradable or anything like that like it's not more environmentally friendly somehow or cheaper to make or anything like it that. is this, it's, is it it's much cheaper to make okay now is it environmentally friendly well yeah it's uh grass is it biodegradable well if it still has latex it just has less of it so if the latex is biodegradable then uh well yeah being a uh an organic byproduct it would have to be biodegradable because hmm. <laughs> if it's bio, like we definitely need more more biodegradable products in, in this world. <laughs> I can just imagine if you're getting laid and you're growing a garden in your backyard, people will just be like, man, these tomatoes are so damn juicy and, you know, it seems like they're a little, even a little salty naturally. I don't even have to season them. What what uh, do you use to grow these tomatoes with? <laughs> you don't, you don't want to know. Compost? Ew. <laughs> you don't want to know. Jesus, that's terrible. Let's just say, let's just say the secret ingredient figuratively and metaphorically and very literally is love oh, no. <laughs> <Terrible. Jesus. laughs> well on the bright side you can now get the voice of god to tell you when you took a wrong turn you stupid idiot that's you right like, you mean like this conversation exactly that's right <laughs> mike should have taken a left turn at albuquerque instead of continuing on with that joke <laughs> But now, he too can get Morgan Freeman to tell him where the fuck to go. <laughs> As Waze, now owned by Google, has just introduced, or I guess a, a little while ago, has just introduced a Morgan Freeman voice for their Waze app, which is a tie-in um, with the movie London Has Fallen. Uh, as it's his character, he's doing his character, Vice President, whatever the fuck. Nobody gives a shit. It's fucking Morgan Freeman. It doesn't matter what his fucking character's name is. It's, more, it's fucking God. So you're going to have a British God telling you where to go, basically. And I just think that this is freaking awesome. I love these celebrity voices. Um, 
I, it's just so much fun. They also have, you know, they've got like Darth Vader and it's actually, um, what's his name? Earl Jones, Jenkin Earl Jones, Joseph Earl Jones, Michael Jeremy Earl Jones, Jeremy Irons. No, James Earl Jones. I knew it was a J James Earl Jones. Uh, and they've got like SpongeBob SquarePants, and I think they've got Pikachu and so Morgan Morgan Did Freeman. I, Morgan seriously? Freeman Wait, on no, 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 no! Stop, 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 stop! I just said Pikachu, and you just let that go. <laughs> you didn't think about that for a second. Can you imagine Pikachu trying to tell you Pika, 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 Pikachu, Pika, Pika, Pika. Ah. And if and you take like, a wrong what the turn, fuck does that mean is that a left or a right? You piece of crap! You take a wrong turn, pika pika. Are you congratulating <laughs> me? What's going on? <laughs> oh man, I just love the idea of Morgan Freeman just telling you like you drove through five hundred kilometers <laughs> of bad traffic and came out the other end, but it was the wrong end. Make a U-turn. <laughs> All just to get Denny's at two in the morning. You are an imbecile. I am no I am known to locate certain things from time to time. Unfortunately, you didn't. You missed the gas station. <laughs> hilarious. I, I love this idea though, and I love I really love Waze. For anybody out there who hasn't used Waze, uh, I'm not sure if it's available on iOS. I'm assuming it is. But it's a crowdsource, uh, crowd information funded. It's not, you know, well, crowdfunding, but it's it's all, it gets its information from other users who use the app. So when you're using the app, you can see not only that there's a traffic jam up ahead, but you'll also be able to see how fast they're going in that traffic jam. So if there's two traffic jams, one on each direction, you can decide to take the one that's going faster. It will tell you if there's a police officer hidden somewhere as a, with a speed trap. It'll tell you radar guns. It'll tell you red light cameras. All these things that people report while they're driving or that their phones automatically report are uh, instantaneously updated to the mass server cloud of the map so everybody in ottawa that's currently driving with Waze, and there's a lot of them at least here in ottawa so i'm sure some of the other cities there's more um it 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 would all upload and it's instantaneous like it was just so amazing when i used to use it i it, it saved my butt a couple of times i can say for sure and it's fun too because it integrates a little bit of a social network aspect to it where you can um, chat with other people. You can join ways groups. Um, you get points, you level up your character changes or your little avatar changes. You can uh, make new roads. And when you make new roads, he like takes bites out of the empty map area sort of thing. At least this is what it did. Like, I think it was about a year and a half, two years ago when I was using it, did, did it almost looked like Pac-Man and he was like biting out the <laughs> <laughs> then you then you can get Vegeta on your GPS. Oh, it's just so cool, man. I, your map level. It's over 9,000! <laughs> it's a really cool, cool uh, GPS app, especially just because of all the... Um, everything, like, just everything is, is updated by other users, so it's, it's just so interesting. Your I avatar find. has changed, but I know this isn't even your final form. <laughs> Somebody's been watching too much Dragon Ball Z abridged. <laughs> Why would I not? That show is fantastic. It was it was all right, for sure. 
All right. What do you got up next, buddy? Oh, well, there was a, uh, <laughs> well, there was a, uh, an interesting article I found. Uh, are you, you familiar? find something interesting? No. <sighs> uh, are you familiar with the blood brain barrier? Um, yes, I think we may have talked about this twice already, but I'm not sure anybody's heard it. <laughs> yes, there was a technical, well, difficulties since I don't want to be profane right now. Yes, but... let's just say that our vacation wasn't uh, necessarily our choice. Yes, yes, the, the lack of new episodes was not lack of effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for our listeners, for the first time, the blood-brain barrier <laughs> is what protects the brain from viruses and bacteria. Because, you know, when you get an infection in your chest or your nose, it really just causes a lot of swelling and fuck-ups, and it's just it's just a, a bad thing to, to go through. But this doesn't occur too much in the brain because, you know, swelling in the brain tends to lead to, I don't know, hallucinations, nosebleeds. Uh, thinking that your family is a bunch of strangers and asking them what they're doing in your home and probably mood swings and violence. And, you know, whenever, whenever a vir anything starts messing up with the brain, it's uh, not good for all concerned. So natu uh, body's natural defense is called the blood-brain barrier. Uh, what it is essentially is a thick mesh that lines against the, uh, the big arteries leading up to your head that allow blood to go in through your brain. It's essentially uh, the big wall that Trump wants to put up, except it already exists, and it's in your head. And what this does is it prevents bacteria and things from entering the bloodstream, only allowing blood to pass through, and that's why it's called the blood-brain barrier. Now, unfortunately, when you get certain things in your brain, like, uh, I don't know, parasites or cancer, you know, shit that got in there anyway... Unfortunately, that security system also prevents a lot of medicine from getting into it. So what doctors at Sunnybrook Health Science Center told us, and by us we mean CTV News, was that they were able to penetrate the blood-brain barrier. They use ultrasound waves and vibrating microbubbles, which allow life-saving drugs you to pass penetrate. <laughs> well, first the condoms and now this. This is the this is techno penetration episode. <laughs> Sexy babble. <laughs> so this process allows them allowed them to treat a woman's terminal brain cancer. Bonnie Hall had a tumor called a glioma, which is difficult to treat surgically because it spreads out in a web within a large network of blood vessels. Now, having a clump it's hard enough to get to a clump when you have to cut through brain to get to it. But even if they did, this was like a large, stringy fucking mess. Like, basically, you don't want to be tearing. You don't want to start cutting around and hacking into that shit. Especially since when she'll wake up, she probably won't even remember her own PIN number to pay the bill. So, patients don't often survive this because the complex surgery can rarely remove all the cancer, even if they manage to survive all the chopping and rooting, rooting around in there. And chemotherapy isn't very effective either since only 25% of chemo drugs reach the tumor due to the blood-brain barrier. So either they give you four times the chemo that your body can handle just so that some of it can make it to your brain, or it just doesn't do anything. Ugh, it's, it's a bad situation. So researchers first injected Bonnie Hall with cancer medications, and then they inserted tiny micro-bubbles into her bloodstream. 
Now, bubbles in the bloodstream are usually bad because, fuck, I forget the word that, they're, uh, that they can cause in the brain, uh, in the heart, but essentially your, your heart is made to pump liquid. You put air into the mix, embolism. No, I, no embolism is a swell. Ugh, this, isn't, this is really taxing my medical knowledge. Hmm. Anyways, a bubble in the bloodstream is a bad thing because it can really fuck up the rhythm of your heart after it encounters a... Rhythm of the heart. Well, in, in this case, rhythm, rhythm isn't a dancer or a uh, source of passion. It's a source of danger. Uh, so, this, that's why it has to be micro-bubbles. And they use ultrasounds to cause these bubbles to vibrate in targeted parts of the capillaries around her brain. The vibrating bubbles gently tore open tiny leaks in the capillaries, allowing the cancer medications to leak out of them into the brain tissue. Now, this damage, because it's small, is very temporary, and the capillaries healed and the blood-brain barrier was completely restored within 12 hours after the procedure. Breaching this barrier opens up a new frontier for all doctors, not just those at Sunnybrook, who are going to test nine more patients before publishing their results. So, using amazing technology, like ultrasounds, instead of just finding out how many friggin' limbs your baby has, now this is doing something useful and making sure that your brain gets the drugs it needs, and not the kind that you've been putting it into, into it since college. Rich, thoughts? Cool. Well, now we know what drugs you've been putting into your brain. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, uh, this is the third time I think we've gone through this, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, don't worry know. with with your uh, with your with your recall. I had a feeling that we could still get a fresh reaction out of you. No. <laughs> so anyway. this is the one time you actually remember what I told you. No. <laughs> no, not at all. But it, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the more medical advances we can get, the better. And I mean, anything, obviously anything that's going to help the brain get better and stop it from getting as sick as often is way better, you know, and being able to get through that uh, I'm sure the, I'm blood sure those, barrier is pretty cool. I'm sure those words came from a coherent thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really cool. Fuck you. <laughs> this is why I don't drink in podcasts anymore. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> what? Let's just say it's a good thing the camera isn't on. <laughs> okay, so uh, what did you bring to the table, or should I? <laughs> All right. Well, I got uh, I got another one here, uh, just a real quick one that I thought was just really interesting. We've all seen Apple Pay. Um, at different places now. I actually finally saw a sign for it for the first time the other day at uh, McDonald's. And uh, I've actually never seen anywhere that said Apple Pay before. Maybe that's just because I don't go out, you know, go to shop or whatever all that much. But uh, I just found it really interesting. But I know it's um, between Apple Pay and some of the other ones that you can now use with... Uh, with your phones, it's uh, it's really interesting, and Google has now upped the ante with something they call hands-free pay. Uh, this is now live in San Francisco, go fucking figure, as a testing bed. Basically, what you're going to be able to do is, if you have your phone in your pocket, you're basically just going to be able to go right up to the cash, they're going to ring everything up, and you are going to look at the fucking cashier and just be like, I'm paying with Google. 
and your phone will hear that and their cash register will hear that and they will talk to each other and it will pay your bill for you. So now snarky people get to be snarkier. <laughs> Just be like, but, I'm not paying you with, I'm not paying you anything. <laughs> make, <laughs> make that your, make that your pay phrase. I'm not paying you anything. You and then you change the pay phrase, but you walk, you walk out of the store with your stuff in your hand and you're just like, fuck, we've got a receipt right here, I guess. I don't think you can actually change the, uh, the pay phrase, but it is, uh, it is really interesting. And, and I guess when you do say it, a, uh, a picture of you that you have, cause obviously when you program your own, um, Google, uh, hands-free pay app, you have to put in your credit card number and probably some, it, your phone's going to have a photo of you attached to your profile and, and whatever other information you need to put in, right? But um, that will be fed into their computers just for a brief instant, I guess, so that they can confirm that it's you using that credit card, paying with this person's credit card. It's the same picture of the person who owns it, right? So that's kind of interesting. And it uses a combination of Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and GPS to know where you are if you are in a spot that has the service and to also be able to communicate with the other devices that offer the service. It's also a great way to prevent identity theft because they can confirm or uh, they can confirm that you are there when you uh, claim to have not made a purchase. That's true. And uh, voice and visual from the uh, from the clerk, right? Because Google has to be able to, I guess, would have to get your voice correct because if somebody's voice is saying pay with Google and I have it set up, like when I set up the app, maybe it's set for my voice pattern or at least my tone of voice and how I say it at least at the very minimum. And then on top of that, like I said, the clerk, whoever's serving you will see a picture of you. And if that doesn't match, you know, there's a problem or they can just let you go and then call the cops or whatever immediately. You know what I mean? Hmm. So I, I think that's pretty cool, but also really fucking lazy and like, Jesus, Google, really, this is what you're working on? There's like <sighs> cancer, Google, fucking cancer. <laughs> like yeah. you're giving us all this crazy stuff that nobody ever thought could happen. But like, where where's world hunger at? How about cancer where, free? Where's day? our climber at? Where, where, where's the freaking ozone layer? Come on, Google. You can fix this shit. We know you can. Yeah, no, Hans, how about no holes in the ozone? How about that? How about yeah, no garbage continent? Google's pay? got freaking miracle in a bottle on tap, bitch. Like, let's go. Oh, well, uh, here's another miracle that I found. Uh, Tesla, same. Tesla, we know how great these cars are. And uh, they have such amazing technology in them that you'd think that they would be able to drive themselves. And with a simple update, they can. They have a uh, an update in their uh, operating system called Autopilot. And it's an enhancement of the already existing semi-autonomous features. And uh, this thing, and another cool thing about it is that the Model <laughs> S can be summoned from a maximum distance of fewer than 40 feet. So in other words, instead of when you go into a parking lot and asking, where the hell did I park? You don't even have to remember that. It's your own you, personal Uber that you don't have to pay yeah. anymore. <laughs> you can be like rich and be like, shit, I don't have to remember anything anymore. And then you can just press this button and then the car comes to you. Yeah, now all you need is $200,000 to get the car. Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, it's uh, like I've read about this. I spent about an hour and a half reading it and now I can't remember a damn thing. Oh, I watched the video. But, oh, 
The cool thing I, is that it's there was, so cool. there's been a ton of videos of people driving, like crawling into the back seat while the car's in motion. And uh, essentially that got disabled in the in the point one software update, mm-hmm. which it which is uh, basically that was Elon Musk's way of saying this is why we can't have nice things. Mm-hmm. And now the uh, you have to have your hands on the wheel, which yeah. I I know that some asshole is going to put like a Johnny Cab dummy in front of his car to hold the wheel for him so mm. that he can hang on in the passenger seat or, you know, just have a quickie with his girlfriend well, I know, while, I heading, while heading down the interstate. I think Volvo, I think it's Volvo with the with their autonomous driving system. Um, now, I, I believe these only work for low speeds. I think it's like under 20, under 20 miles an hour or something like that or 30 miles an hour. Um, but I believe it's Volvo. Not only does it, um, need you to hold the steering wheel every once in a while and confirm, you know, every so often that you are still awake, you are still watching or whatever. I, I guess either through audio or, you know, moving the wheel a bit or returning it back on or something like that. But I believe it also has sensors in the steering wheel and in the seat to get your, your butt pressure or your blood pressure. I mean. Your blood pressure. Uh, <laughs> your, 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 your blood pressure? Through your butt. Somehow. Your butt blood? But, but it, uh, it, I guess it, it has it's a checking syringe. your vital signs it's through got all a these syr- different sensors. It's got a syringe in the seat waiting to just poke you every now and then. Well, and it's the same with a lot of these, um, like some of the newer technologies for um, anti-drowsiness. anti <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the, the anti-drowsy driving technologies that are coming out now. Um, some of them are loud noises that come through the speakers. Some of them are uh, jolts or buzzes, uh, hot, cold, whatever they're doing, all these sort of things. But basically, they're using sensors in your seat to judge your heart rate, your breathing, um, and all these other things, your position in the seat, how your weight is distributed. So in combination with something like that, this autonomous driving could be made a lot safer for sure. Because it it would know if you're falling asleep or moving around or if you're just a fake dummy. And we're going to see assholes finding ways to hack this. Like like putting a mannequin in their – putting a mannequin in the front seat or – Don't Teslas use QNX software? What does that mean? Uh, That's like the BlackBerry thing. QNX is BlackBerry. Again, what does that mean? You have your phone in your car, so it will know that you're there. No. um, QNX is the security – uh, software or operating system part of it anyway that uh, BlackBerry is based on, I believe, and it is like pretty much like the world's quote unquote most secure um, OS or security feature. That's why governments around the world have been using Blackberries for 20 years now because of the fact that it has QNX software and it is so quote impenetrable. How does right? this still I'm pretty stop? Pretty sure Tesla is based on that. How does it still stop them from having a dummy in their front seat so that they can? Uh, because if you, if you, seat? it depends what type of sensors it's using, right? Because if it just has, uh, if it's just testing to see if, yeah, there's a little bit of weight on the wheel and it's feeling that there's more weight on the wheel when it's turning itself, then it would then would be there if there wasn't a hand on it. Then yeah, you can totally do that. But if it's using sensors, like I was saying, for the uh, anti-drowsiness prevention or whatever, uh, like uh, weight distribution, uh, blood pressure, breathing, 
any of these other types of sensors, which I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure Tesla's got to have at least one or two of those because they're pretty techie cars. So they got to have some sensors in there somewhere, right? So if you put that in there, then people aren't going to be able to hack it because they aren't going to be able, if it is based on QNX, they aren't necessarily going to be able to get in there and get into the operating system to be able to hack it that way. And then if it's using these sensors, then they won't be able to just put a buddy taxi on there and have it faked. So I would just love to see, I, I would love to keep eyes on this just to see how it escalates. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, sure. now we have pressure sensors in the steering wheel. Then this guy puts a, 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 a gripping motor in the hand so that it occasionally squeezes the wheel every 20 minutes. I really want to, uh, I really want to try out, uh, what is it called? Super cruise or uh, special cruise, the new cruise control that they have. You have you seen that in some of the cars? Uh, no. Tell Where me. like, so if you're, and this is like a new feature on a lot of cars nowadays, actually. So if you're, you're driving, uh, you know, hundred kilometers an hour or 60 miles per hour, roughly for you Americans, um, on the highway and you set your cruise control to 60, it's, it has a radar in the front of your car and the back of your car to know where other people are. Right. So when you're driving along and the person in front of you starts to slow down, say they go down to 90, if you're driving at a safe enough distance, which you should be, and I believe your car makes sure you are, the car will actually slow down to a matching speed. And uh -huh. then once the person in front of you starts to speed up again, your car will speed up again until the point that you originally set it. So if the person goes, was going 100, goes down to 90, you go down to 90. But then they say they speed back up and they start going 110, your car speeds up, but it only goes back up to 100, where you originally set it. Uh -huh. But it keeps a safe distance. It'll slow down for you. It'll speed up for you and all this and that. So you don't literally don't have to do anything. You just set your approximately, the speed that you approximately want to be going, and it'll do everything else. I really want to get in a car and try that. I think that that is a really cool, that, and I know it's been around forever, but the parking thing has always just baffled me. Unfortunately, my brother has never been in town uh, at a time when we've had enough free time to just sit there and play around with his car because he has a Ford Flex and it's got the park assist on it. And I've always wanted to see a car do it. I've seen it in commercials and I've seen it in reviews, but I like I want to be in a car when it does that. I would like to see the uh, the other thing, the uh, the getting out of the parking, the parking assist to get out of the damn parking lot. I don't think they have that. Well, yeah, the summon thing. I mean, obviously, oh, that's you're the, kind yeah, of okay. being a parking lot. And this this is the where it really comes in handy, because the parking lot is the worst place for anyone to ever be, period, because there's always shit moving around. So if you have something that has sensors moving in all, uh, basically pinging all directions, this is its exit assistant that everyone should have on their cars. So basically, while you're looking in one direction, no one else is coming in from the other side. Like we're we're, we're front-facing people; we can only look in one direction at a time. But danger is all around in the parking lot. Someone could be trying to come into your spot and getting too greedy and thinking that you're not as moving fast enough for their liking. And danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Yeah. So having a car that can either just stop or wait for shit to stop moving, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, summoning is great because instead of looking for your car. You just stand there with your bag of groceries or whatever, press the button, and then the car comes to you, and hell, you just press another button, pop open the trunk, throw your crap in, and there you go. Yeah, like, that's really awesome. I love, the, I love, the more autonomous stuff we have, the better. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, it's just going to be so cool to just be able to get in a car and have it just go and uh, and take you wherever you want to go, right? Like, or because, I mean, like, I love driving. I'm a driver. You know what I mean? Like, when I'm not driving, you know, my family around, if it's just me in the car, I thoroughly enjoy driving. And I fully, um, I fully, fully intend on getting my midlife crisis car sooner than later. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, like I don't want driving to go away, but to be able to say like, if I'm going to be driving from here to like Nova Scotia or something like that, where it's like a two day drive. Yeah. I wouldn't mind, you know, a little, uh, you know, an hour here, half an hour there, 10 minutes, whatever it is, even just a few minutes at a time to just kind of relax while I'm behind the wheel and look at the scenery. Like, can you imagine how amazing it would be to be able to, as a driver, sit back and take a look around yeah, and enjoy too. the scenery, especially when you're on a road trip? Like, that would just be so much, like, fun and such an amazing experience because as a driver, as somebody who used to do most of the driving before my wife got her um, her driver's license, um, you know, it's just you, you don't see anything. So something like this would be great. Oh, so yeah. what do you got coming up next, buddy? Well, I was just thinking that, the like, we saw in the news about how that Google car hit a bus, even though, like, the bus was kind of at fault a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, these cars have been around for, uh, what, about a year now? These uh, autonomous cars being tested on the road for about a year. And everyone's talking about the one hit they made when regular people have been driving around in regular cars and how many accidents happen per day. So the fact that we're all talking about the one hit per, I don't know, about a year, and the uh, numerous collisions that happen every hour on the road, this is still a feather in the cap for the Google car, or the, uh, what, was it a Google car that was the self-driving car? Uh, There's a few of them, but yeah, Google has one. Yeah, so one collision, and barely its fault. And as opposed to the thousands of collisions that happen that are people's fault. So self-driving cars are the way to go. I mean, driving was a nice thing when we had to do it, but drivers are kind of becoming like the horse. Mm. Like, we can relegate them for, like, when we're out in the country or whatever, but, you know, they're, they're just not working so well in the city anymore. Mm-hmm. And the results speak for themselves if you're a cop or, a, uh, or an insurance adjuster. Well, we're about uh, wrapping things up. I'll I'll take this home with one more article. Uh, we talked in one of the earlier episodes about uh, about a guy who lost his foot, and he'd recently got some sensors. Did you find it? <laughs> I think they found it. They just couldn't do anything with it afterwards. Oh, okay. But he got a uh, prosthetic that actually allowed him to feel certain surfaces. To like uh, a tongue. Uh, to adjust <laughs> to adjust his uh, foot angle pressure. Jerk. <laughs> well, that's think all. Sexy well... thoughts. Think non sexy thoughts. Think non sexy thoughts. That's all well and good. So the next uh, the next phase, which is a significantly harder one, would be uh, hands, or more importantly, fingers, because they have way more nerve endings in your fingertips than you do in your feet. So, good news, as of March 8th anyway, 
an amputee has been able to feel textures for the first time since using an artificial fingertip connected to nerves in his arm. Uh, Dennis Abel Sorensen, a Dane who severely wounded his left arm 11 years ago in a fireworks accident, which I think would probably be a more interesting story than this article, but we don't have that, mm. was able to feel rough and smooth textures using a bionic fingertip that sends signals to real in real time to electrodes and surgically implanted above his stump. Now, this technology was developed by researchers in Switzerland and in Italy, and it's expected to accelerate the development of touch-enabled prosthetics. And they expect to transfer to clinical practice within 5 to 10 years. The signals transmitted to Sorensen's stump mimic the language of the nervous system to provide accurate feedback on the texture that the fingertip was touching. Now, in these tests, this amputee was able to distinguish between rough and smooth surfaces 96% of the time. Now, it's only one step in the right direction because there are limitations. Like sensations like hot and cold are difficult to distinguish due to the small size of the nerves that provide this type of information. Now, the researchers suggest artificial temperature sensors could be embedded into prosthetics that could inform the wearer whether an object is hot or cold. You know, the information coming from temperature sensors and the hand prosthesis could be used for local robot closed loop, which could be which could directly control the prosthesis like a reflex. So even though it wouldn't be you couldn't feel the hot or cold by the reactions that this has in your hand, you could be like, okay, that's hot or that's cold. So we're on our way to fully working and feeling prosthetic limbs. First the feet. Now the fingertips, pretty soon hands and legs will be next. So how awesome is this? Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's actually really cool. I mean, it's uh, once again another step in the right direction. And I mean, being able to feel again, you know, like that's incredible for, for some people. That is something that uh, a lot of people in the past have never gotten. Some people now may never get, but I mean, as technology develops, this will be available to more and more and more people. And that's just amazing because everybody deserves to be able to experience life to its fullest. And you can't do that without your full five senses. So, yeah. yeah. So I can't wait to see more developments like uh, helping, uh, helping deaf people to see or blind people, deaf people to hear. Yeah, I can pretty sure, some of that. Pre pretty sure they can see fine. Unless they're Helen Keller, then they're screwed. But I need I need a hearing aid or something. I swear, too many concerts. <laughs> <laughs> I avoid the concerts because I I value my senses. <laughs> well, that about wraps up this episode of uh, Technobabble. Rich, can we find you anywhere? Uh, you can find me co-hosting here with you on Technobabble. You Yay! can find me uh, hosting screening most of the time which is our movie and television uh discussion news reviews uh show you can occasionally find me on geek fallout the comic book episodes i am on the 50th anniversary episode where we talked about the dc animated universe everything from uh batman the animated series superman the animated series static shock batman beyond all the way up through justice league uh, and it was uh, super fun, so keep an ear out for that. I and, remember that uh, show. Come and visit us on our Facebook page. Leave a comment. You know, let us know what topics you want to hear us discuss, or what you like and don't like. We're always looking to hear from you. Yeah, so. leave comments on the uh, on the Facebook page. Let us know if you want to hear uh, certain categories, like I don't know, amazing Kickstarter items you've uh, 
you think are cool and you'd like to see us uh, talk about them, see about getting them funded or uh, You just can't about... seem to kick that idea out of your head, can you? I like the idea, but there's also other ideas you can have, like robots, or uh, you can even tell us horrible Kickstarter ideas, like these are just so awful that we have to talk about them. Smart dildos. Yeah, like those or whatever. <laughs> I believe they're called men. No, no, that's a dumb dildo. <laughs> <laughs> that's an that's an analog dildo. Yeah, exactly. That's what I guarantee. That's what like ninety percent of women would say. <laughs> okay, so if you have ideas for anything like technology that was in movies and is coming to pass, like like give us ideas because you know we're not going to run out of them anytime soon. But you know you're listening to this show, so you well, want to especially wanna, you, if you we only us, record one episode a month. You want us to talk about something you want to hear? Tell us what you want to hear, and we'll friggin' do it. Okay, we love you. You're our audience. You're not doing anything for us lately, but, you know, maybe a one-sided love, but we're still going still gonna to do it anyway. <laughs> it just got real. <laughs> so where can we find you? Okay, well, you can, ho- you can find me hosting my own podcast, the Playing With Power podcast. You can find that on Facebook and iTunes. We, what it is, is we talk about Nintendo Power magazine. The, uh, the articles, the games, the coverage, the mail stuff, the comics... All the amazing, good, informative, and uh, entertaining or downright stupid stuff that was in that magazine, we, uh, we're, ha- we're uh, going to be releasing our 11th episode in April 1st. Not a joke. And it's a pretty good one. Well, they're all pretty good, although they do get better with time since, you know, I'm more accustomed to it. And uh, I'm also on the Hear Me podcast on the Geek Fallout Network. We uh, talk about Game of Thrones, and that will be coming out soon, as soon as I record it, which I'll, i got to work on that part. <laughs> and uh, uh, every now and then I'll be on a screening if we talk about uh, things that I'm good at talking about. And that Stop seems, touching shit. And that seems to be it for now. You know, that's a, you know unless I can get a lady in my life, I'm not going to be changing my policy on touching stuff. Continue. <laughs> yeah, and just ignore the rustling coming from Rich as I talk about it. Okay, so okay, so that's this episode, episode fifteen of Techno Babble, finally getting out to the people. Fifteen cut three. Yeah, ep- episode fifteen, take seven. Yeah, almost. Oh well, third time's the charm. It's true. Okay, so thanks for listening, and it is now safe to turn off your device. Incoming call from Metro. No, no, no. Drop it.